0: Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Calf,
1: Yes?
2: Do you remember during the original run of Will and Grace when some people thought it was a will-they-won't-they get-together-at-the-end thing?
1: No, people thought that he's gay.
2: People legitimately wondered if Will and Grace were going to get together at the end of the series. They thought
1: they were endgame. I'm not okay with this. <laughs>
2: Well, do you ever wonder if people think that the end of Nancy, you and I, mm. Kath, I've been meaning to tell you. No, I'm getting down on one knee. No, I'm getting down on no, one no, knee. No, no, Here no, we no. go. This no. is it. End game of Nancy. No. End game of Nancy. <laughs> no. Here we go. Quit it. Okay, let's just start the show.
3: From WNYC Studios, this is Nancy
1: with your hosts Tobin Lowe and Kathy Tu. Tobin? Yes, Kathy? We're in the middle of this project we're calling I've Been Meaning to Tell You. Uh Uh-huh. Please tell the people what it is.
2: Well, basically, we're collecting stories from Nancy listeners, and it's all about the things that they have been meaning to tell someone important in their life. And we're going to play some of them on the show.
1: And how do you participate?
2: Okay. So, I want you to think about a person in your life. Okay. Now think about something that you've been meaning to tell them, okay? Like something that if it was out in the open, it could bring the two of you closer. Mm. Or maybe it's something you just want to get off your chest. And I don't care who you are, everyone has something to tell. So we've been asking people to write down what that thing is, the thing they've been meaning to share, and send it to us.
1: Yeah. So, the past few weeks, we've been asking all of you to share with us at nancypodcast.org slash tell, and you definitely responded.
2: There's a lot I've been meaning to tell you for a while. I
3: have something to tell you. This is something I've been meaning to tell my mom. My 99-year-old grandmother. My family, bless their souls. Uh,
4: This message is for my dad, Um, something I've needed to say for a, a, a bit.
5: So, where should I start?
2: We have received so many different kinds of stories. There have been letters to siblings and friends,
1: confessions to parents and grandparents. Some are really sweet and funny, and others are really moving.
3: Mom, I wanted to tell you that Paul was HIV positive when I met him. We fell deeply in love, and I married him anyway. You loved him too. We kept that secret while we were together for almost 20 years. I'm still HIV negative. We were always too afraid to tell you, thinking that you would disown me and hate him for exposing me to potential death. Now you're gone too, and I'll never get to tell you. To an old friend, I'm sorry I was such a shitty friend to you in 2015. My previous partner was pressuring me to abandon our friendship, and I couldn't say no to them at the time. I didn't know
2: then but I understand now that I was surviving emotional abuse and that I was
3: slowly being isolated from all my friends, but you meant the world to me and I didn't mean to let you go. I'm sorry I left our friendship. Dear family, remember that time in 2009 when I came home from college and sat around all day looking like Kenny from South Park with my hoodie pulled tight around my face? And then, when I was finally forced to take it off for family dinner, do you remember the horror all around as the left side of my face was revealed? Oh my god, what happened? You all exclaimed, abandoning your pork roast to gather very close and examine the hideous dark purple lizard-like markings covering my cheek and neck. Uh, I muttered, eyes darting wildly anywhere but yours. I laid in the grass last night and I think maybe I got a fungal infection? I don't know. Family. I'm here to tell you that was a lie. The reason I showed up for dinner in 2009 looking like a lizard anamorph halfway through one of those book covers was that the night before, my best friend and I had discovered a fun new game where you take turns sucking the other person's neck until they can't take it anymore. You know, normal friend stuff. Just gals being pals. Sweet family, you believed me when I said my gigantic face collage of hickeys was a fungal infection. And that unopened tube of antifungal cream that you insisted I drive to CVS and get immediately haunts me in my medicine cabinet to this day.
2: These stories are fascinating. And a lot of times we heard about conflicts from years ago that just festered and festered until a relationship totally fell apart.
1: I've had a relationship fall apart, Tobin. Oh, yeah? It was with my sister.
2: Oh, right, 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 right.
1: Yeah, we got into a fight years ago, like back in middle school. I honestly can't remember what it was about. But we didn't talk for a long while after that.
2: How long is a long while?
1: Maybe don't worry about it, Tobin. (laughs) Don't worry about it. But then it took her reaching out to me at one point and me being open to it that, you know, right now we're much better.
2: And did you ever feel like you were sort of playing this game of chicken? Like, is she going to reach out? Am I going to reach out? Is she going to reach out? Mm -hmm, Totally. And before you know it, like, all this time has passed. (laughs) Yeah. It reminds me of this one message we got from this girl Jessica to her friend Claire.
6: Hey, remember before the Halloween party a couple years ago, you told me that you had discussed mine and my girlfriend's sexuality with people I didn't know. And you told me they asked what kind of lesbian I was and you answered. It hurt me so much that you spoke so candidly about my life to strangers, and it hurt me even more that you described me in stereotypes without taking the opportunity to explain to that person why the question he asked was insensitive. But when I was upset with you, you didn't take responsibility, and that put a crack in our friendship that grew and grew. Now we haven't been friends in years, which is so dumb, because I miss you, and even though you hurt me, I didn't think it was something that would break us apart.
2: What kinds of things was she saying about you to other people?
6: She was saying things like, well, you know, she has short hair, but it's still cool. And she wears skirts and pants, like, the same amount of times. And she really likes musical theater. And I don't know what any of that means in relation to my lesbianism. Mm -hmm. But she felt the need to share that as examples when I think that, like, the appropriate answer would have been, like, a regular one. Because I think that I'm a regular lesbian or, like... (laughs) It it probably would have been better for her to say, like, (laughs) that's an inappropriate question, and here's why. (laughs) Yeah.
2: You like musical theater, as you mentioned.
6: I love musical theater. Okay, I'm
2: going to give you three rapid fire. What is the song from musical theater that represents your situation right now?
6: Oh, my gosh. Um, Not related to the actual, like, meaning of the song, but probably the I Should Tell You song from Rent. Perfect.
2: Mm Perfect. Perfect. What song from musical theater would you sing to her to communicate your feelings?
6: I think to convey that I understand that we've both had a difficult time, I would sing A Hard Knock Life. It's not very emotional, (laughs) but like I think it it speaks to that life has ups and downs.
2: And once you've reconciled, what musical theater would you sing to possibly communicate that you were best friends, and then something happened where you fell apart, but you came back together, and maybe one of you is green.
6: <laughs> I was thinking um, for good from Wicked. Um, Correct answer. <laughs> I've been changed for
1: good, and just to clear the air, I ask
5: forgiveness for the things I've done you blame me for.
3: We know there's blame to share, and none of it seems to matter anymore. <laughs> it's
6: correct, and it's accurate. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you think will need to happen for you to um, reach out to her and tell her these things?
6: Well, I'm on a bit of a time crunch, I think, if I really want to do it, because I'm getting married in January. Aha! Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and... I've always pictured her there because she's one of my closest friends or used to be. You know, I've been thinking about it more and more as the date approaches. And I sent this off because I'm like, it might, at the very least, well, maybe if something comes of this, it'll be, you know, a sign that I should contact her. And obviously, we're talking on the phone now. So I think that's about as straightforward as the universe can get. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are your homosexual omens right here. <laughs>
6: That's all I need. (laughs) I wish everybody had one of those.
1: (laughs) Tobin, I know we can't call back everyone we heard from. We cannot. But there's one person that I really want to call back.
2: Okay, one more.
1: Hello? Hello?
4: Hello, how are y'all? Is this Joe? Joe? This is Joe, and that's Kathy. I recognize your voice very well. Hearts <laughs> open as well. So it's really nice to talk to you all. I, I, I feel like I know you.
1: Uh, <laughs> Joe, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Yes, thank you. Oh, you bet. Who is the person that you've been meaning to tell something to?
4: My dad, primarily.
2: What specifically have you been meaning to tell him?
4: Well, I came out to my dad as gay, after I got divorced a little more than five years ago from a woman I'd been married to for a, a little over 20 years, actually a little over 20 years, 21, you know, long story short, and it, it's hard for me to tell the story, frankly, because I don't fully understand it myself. But, mm. you know, after coming out and dating for a little bit, I had a little bit of a, you know, I'm not sure if this is me. And I sent my dad a long email one night saying, you know, I don't think I'm really gay. I, Maybe this is just a midlife crisis. And, and he emailed me back the next morning saying, well, I've, I never really believed you were anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't know if I'm I'm gay, I'm queer, I'm bi. I don't even know that it's helpful to really define myself that way. But I know I'm not straight. The trigger now is I've, I've met somebody I like a lot. I don't know if that's going to turn into a long, long-term relationship or not. But I certainly wanted to have the room to grow and and so I I want to tell my dad I'm, I'm dating a man that I, I like. Hmm. I think he'll be more confused than anything else.
2: So what do you think has been holding you back?
4: I think it was partially just me needing some time to kind of, you know, live and be out and not married and find out what I like and who I like and what I'm comfortable with and not wanting to sort of try and and resolve things with my dad before I resolve things with myself in a sense.
1: Do you think um, you uh, getting the chance to tell him, do you think that's coming up? Is it years from now? What do you think?
4: I think it's coming up. I'm going up to visit him um, and my sister in Dallas later this month for my Mm -hmm. birthday. And so I've got a, I've got a choice about whether I bring this new man in my life and I have too much respect for the person I'm dating to want to hide him.
1: Joe, when you go visit him next, do you think you'll bring your partner down with you, or?
4: I don't know. I think if I if I bring if I bring him with me, um, I'll, I'll tell him ahead of time. I don't think it's the right thing to do would be just to come up to Dallas and <laughs> surprise. Say, oh, hey! By the way. <laughs> although that would be hilarious
1: (laughs) joe is such a lovely man
2: he is
1: i hope he gets back to us with good news
2: only good news though i'm just kidding (laughs) we want to hear from you joe whatever happens
1: and we want to hear from everyone else too go to nancypodcast.org tell to share your story with us
2: In a minute, we've got a story of someone who was brave enough to reveal something to an old friend. And there's poetry involved.
1: That's after the
3: break.
2: Kathy, I want to tell you about one of my actual favorite podcasts, Las Culturistas.
1: You talk about that show all the time.
2: Yeah, it's like hanging out with your smartest, funnest, most pop culture savvy friends. It's hosted by Bowen Yang. You might know him from SNL or Nora from Queens. And Matt Rogers of Game Show and our cartoon president.
1: Love them.
2: Each week, they interview an amazing guest about the pop culture that shaped their life. And they do this hilarious thing where you can rant about a piece of culture that frustrates you. Mine would be speaking only roles in musicals. Okay.
1: Episodes are released every Wednesday. Listen and subscribe to Lost Culturistas on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. So we are fascinated by what can happen when you have something you want to say and you are brave enough to come out and say it.
2: Totally. And I mean, you hear stories all the time about how that can go really well. Mm -hmm. You know, like someone feels like, They've had this weight, and then all of a sudden, it's lifted, and it's this huge relief.
1: That's true. Uh Uh-huh. True. But. (laughs) Okay. There's no guarantee, Tobin, because there's other people's feelings involved. It can get messy. Right. We just don't know what the other person's going to say.
2: Right. Which actually brings us to this story. About a year and a half ago, our friend Peter Bresnan had something he just had to get off his chest.
0: I remember the exact day that I fell in love with Joe. It was June 6th, 2010. It was the end of my junior year of high school. And this is boarding school, so you have to picture, like, lush manicured lawns and Georgian architecture and salmon-colored shorts. Everyone's about to go home for the summer, uh, but before we left, a group of my friends and I decided to have a sleepover in one of our dorm rooms. And the next day, for some reason, I get up really early in the morning, maybe 6 or 7. And when I open my eyes... I saw that my friend Joe was awake too, and Joe was a skinny, pale, red-headed kid who was in my class. We knew each other a little. We acted in our school's production of arsenic and old lace together, and I was drawn to his frantic way of moving through the world that seemed to be somehow both anxious and fearless at the same time, but mostly we were like polite strangers. But then that morning, something happened. It was super early. Joe was standing by the door getting dressed. He didn't notice that I was awake too. And there was this beam of light coming in from the window. And the light landed on Joe's face in this way that made his pale skin glow and his red hair glow. And I don't know why, but in that second, before I was even fully awake, I realized that I loved Joe more than I'd ever loved anybody else in my entire life. For most people in that situation, I think the next step would be obvious. But for me, it wasn't really so easy. I'd only just come out the year before, and I still couldn't even say the word gay out loud. And to make matters worse, while I thought Joe might be gay, he wasn't saying anything about it either. Still, I tried. My attempts at romance ranged from the subtle, sending him an anonymous cupcake on Valentine's Day, to the extremely subtle, brushing my hand against his when I walked past him in the hallway. Sometimes Joe seemed to reciprocate these little gestures, like he'd smile or he'd grab my hand a little as I passed. And sometimes he didn't. For about a year, this was my life. And then we graduated. But my love for Joe just kept getting stronger and stronger. Then, six months after we graduated, Joe came and visited me at college at NYU. And those six long months apart from Joe had made me a little more confident and a little more desperate. And so on the night of Joe's visit, we were sitting on the floor of my common room. All my roommates had gone to bed. And then in the lull between one topic of conversation and another, I leaned forward and I kissed him. And Joe kissed me back. The next morning, I woke up and Joe and I were lying in bed together. And in that moment, I saw the future. I imagined Joe meeting my parents. I wondered what gay men were supposed to wear to a wedding. I I hoped that our children might have red hair. But when Joe woke up, he got dressed, and he left. After that visit, my contact with Joe slowly fell to zero. He stopped responding to my text messages. And there were moments when I wondered if maybe that night we'd spent making out on my dorm room floor had just been, like, one vast hallucination. And at this point, I could have chosen just to forget about Joe. I'd already spent two years pining after him as it was, but instead, I started writing love poems. So that one day, when Joe was ready, I could share them with him.
1: Love poems.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I'm assuming you don't mean, like, a haiku.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I wrote, I started writing Shakespearean love sonnets. Oh, man. So there's different kinds of sonnets, and I chose the Shakespearean form. Because? Um, uh, (laughs) Because it seemed the most impressive to me. They were created as, like, a way to show a lover that you loved them. And so you did this incredibly complicated, incredibly obtuse Piece of poetry in order to prove to your, your lady that you were skilled in the art of language. You wanted the grand gesture. I wanted the grand gesture, yeah. yeah. So I, I think I wrote like 15 ish sonnets and then I gave them a title and the title was Verses in Amber. Wow. Verses
1: um, in Amber. <clears throat>
0: Why versus an amber? Like the so amber is that thing that where like insects will sometimes crawl into tree sap and then the sap will like solidify. That's and it's like mm. a, that's amber. And so like the idea was that I would. It was like a romantic Jurassic Park.
1: I was gonna say that too. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened to the poems?
0: Um, I put them in this little black accordion folder, and I just put them away, and I was gonna wait until. Joe was ready to see them. And so I sat on them um, for six years, and one night I had too many fruit punches to drink, and I decided it was time to invite Joe over to my apartment to show him these poems. And so I gave him a call, and a couple days later, he shows up at my front door. Hey. It's the right house. Come
5: here. Well, no, I was about to
0: text you. Joe looks basically the same way he did back in high school. Like, he's still got the same red hair, the same bright blue eyes. We made small talk for a few minutes, and eventually we went to go sit down on my couch. I was really excited to finally talk openly with him.
5: Can you tell me what, what we're doing here? Yeah, we're, ha- we're having a conversation about how you used to be in love with me, and I apparently had no idea. Is that generally what we're doing? And there's poetry involved.
0: So do you want to, I guess the first thing, before I show you anything, can you tell me about like your, your memories of, of me and, and what are your first memories? And I can see if I can remember my first memories of you too. We talked about that production of Arsenic and Old Lace that we've been in together.
5: You were the romantic lead. You were the reverend. No. No, 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 no. I was a police officer. I think I was on stage for all of three scenes.
0: You were in the cutest little outfit. It's true. I remember
5: it. It's true. And eventually, I told him about that
0: morning that I'd fallen in love with him. And I asked, if I had said something to him all those years ago, how would he have responded?
5: I probably would have run like hell for the hills. No, I was, no. I don't think I would have taken that well at all. I wouldn't have known what to do with it. Is it but it because it scared you, or? Was I, was I terrified? I mean, I was uncertain. I didn't really know. I didn't know where, where, which direction forward was. I I don't think I would have begrudged you it. Um uh, but I I would it would have I would have just been confused and conflicted.
0: At last, we got to the poems. I took out the black accordion folder that I'd been keeping them in for years and years and I pulled out a sheet of paper. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And it's, so I'm just going to read it? Yeah, I, if you do you, do you mind reading it out loud actually? All right. Okay. There you
5: go. Though dreams be wild, none be so wild as this crepuscular illusion of present you, who offers, as this be in sleep, a kiss remembered fresh and wet as if were new. But what so floods my sheets in midnight warmth is not imagined touch, but a silence sheer that marks you close and clears the blaring earth of all but us. Electric hums the air, When you do share not just a grasping bed, but chairs across an empty table, or a room, a street, cities, a time far spread with me, you're here, I cannot ask for more. And once awake, and ghostly forms are past, I cry to see the dreams at my feet amassed. Cre- crepuscular means like of. Cre- or- no, 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 no! You've written it crepuscular. Yeah, crepuscular. Meaning of a relating to twilight. Certainly. Okay.
0: How you, can I hear how, how you feel? Because your face is
5: sort of hard to read. I don't know how I feel. Um. It's a nice poem. I. It's. Strange to imagine that it's about us. That's strange. Why is it it strange? I don't know. To be a character in a poem, it didn't feel this pretty. This isn't what I experienced, even a little. This does not describe what happened, as far as I'm concerned. And then we just kind of sat there for a while. Joe's
0: eyes were glued to the sheet of paper and then like
5: I'll show you we were in a relationship I had no idea we were there's a there is a whole there's a whole narrative here that I was not privy to that I had no that I didn't participate in I didn't I didn't have access to this. I wasn't. I wasn't allowed to see this. But am I wrong in thinking that you that you wouldn't have like you wouldn't have wanted to see this? When, I don't know if that's fair to say. I don't. I don't know how I would have responded five years ago. Um, like if I just sent you an email, like poetry, in it. with with my
0: poetry in uh, let's say the spring of, of twenty eleven, but right you know on our freshman year, like how.
5: Like, would you have ever talk to me again? Because I, I mean, I, I, I mean... I would have been disappointed in myself for not feeling as deeply about anything as you seem to have felt about me.
0: All those times I'd brushed my hand against his in the hallway, he didn't remember those. The anonymous cupcake that I sent him on Valentine's Day? Maybe? Vaguely The night we made out in my NYU dorm room
5: I I think it was more of an Experimentation on my part Than it was a A stab at something Deeper I did not leave That dorm room in the same headspace at all Does this make you feel loved at all? No. Not particularly.
0: You're saying that I loved you like crazy for a long period of time and that doesn't make you feel loved.
5: No. Why would it? <laughs> I wasn't there. I don't know. I've not I'm not a person who has done much thinking about the nature of love in between two people. But I don't imagine That you can go back and add love later to a memory or a relationship.
0: And see if there's anything else I need from you. Yeah, unless you have other questions.
5: I think I'm all set.
2: Okay. Oh man. I mean, I have to ask,
0: was this the worst case scenario? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I got, like, the emotional equivalent of, like, a concrete wall. Right. And and I'll try to rationalize this a lot, but I was just, I was so, I was mad. I was pissed off. And then I started going back through, like, not just my crush on Joe, but, like, all of my past relationships. And I started thinking that maybe there was, like, things that I had missed, other other things that I had missed, Like, maybe this wasn't the first time that I had imagined a love that wasn't there. Mm. And then I found something interesting. Oh, this sounds ominous. (laughs) So I was doing something that you shouldn't ever do, which is read through the Facebook messages you sent to your ex-boyfriends. Oh, boy. (laughs) And I happened to find this Facebook message from my very first boyfriend, Jeffrey, who I dated in high school right around the time that I fell in love with Joe. And the very first message was a love poem. That you had written. No, that he had written to me.
2: Ah.
0: but Do you have it? I do. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) This is the poem. The icy darkness, I plunge into it like a swimmer in the sea, feeling no cold on anxious skin. I feel the heat from the furnace in little gestures. A stroke here, a caress there, a stolen kiss on the cheek. The fire burns, consuming anxiety, leaving passion wild as untamed jungles consumed in its raging blaze. I see his eyes, bright as stars, golden as a summer's liquid beam, shine on my face in wonder. Their liquid light is comforting as earth. Stroke the fire burning under my skin, capture me in their crystal-perfect gaze. No more darkness, only pure light as you hold me in your arms and stroke my hair, never letting go. That's a beautiful poem. I mean, like...
1: High school, right?
0: Yeah, that was
2: high school. We were 16. Wow. The level of passion.
1: Jeffrey really loved you. Yeah.
2: I mean, is that, is that representative of your relationship at the time
0: with Jeffrey? It, 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 it's not. Because I didn't really love Jeffrey Beck. Oh, Peter! I okay. I was sixteen, and I had just come out, and I think I was so confused. I was so I was I was really still struggling with who I was, and and I just like was not in a place to to feel anything towards anybody. I have to point out the obvious
2: here. Do you realize that what you just said? parallels pretty intensely what Joe
0: said to you. And, that's, and that, that makes me sad because being in the place in life that I am where I think I, I want a deep love, it's, like, super hard to get that poem because I was like, oh, shit. Like, there was an opportunity of someone who really deeply cared about me and, and it, didn't, it didn't affect me. And that was sad that I missed. It feels like something that I missed. And I I read that, and I just—and I stopped being mad at Joe, like, all of a sudden. And I think what I ultimately realized was that I don't think I was ever in in love with Joe, honestly.
1: Well, I don't know. I feel like I've fallen in love with an image before of somebody that I couldn't get out of my head. And I would argue that that was still love. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's still a thing that exists. I wouldn't say that that wasn't really
0: love. I guess for me, it, it's not the love that I want.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: You know, like I, I, the, the kind of love that I want, I think, is the love that, that, that acknowledges another person in all their sort of failings and foibles and, and beauties and, and uh, amazingness.
1: That was Peter Bresnan. He's a producer over at one of our favorite podcasts, Heavyweight.
2: By the way, Peter says that since this story aired last year, he is still very much hashtag looking for love. Peter. We love you. Don't forget, if you want to share what you've been meaning to tell someone in your life, it's super easy. Just send us your story by going to nancypodcast.org slash tell.
1: Alright, credits.
2: Our producer.
1: Matt Collette.
2: Sound designer.
1: Jeremy Bloom.
2: Production fellow.
1: Timmy Tayo Fugbenle. Editor. Jenny Lawton. Executive producer. Paula Schumann.
2: Special thanks this week to Lane Kaplan Levinson. I'm Kathy Tu. I'm Tobin Lowe.
1: And Nancy's a production of WNYC Studios.
6: Yeah, it was so nice to meet you guys over the phone.
1: Yeah, Maybe same. one day in person. At your Amazing. wedding,
2: just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining us like Whitney Houston over Brandy's wedding and Cinderella, the only acceptable Cinderella, and we're just floating over and like old dust, being like, oh my God. "It's possible."
6: I think that's the only thing my wedding still needs. Yeah, <laughs> that fairy godmother moment.